Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Paddle Pod, your weekly podcast covering professional paddle presented by Hugo and Gons. Hugo, great to have you here. How are you doing today? I'm very well, thanks. And yeah, excited to be back. And I think we've got a really interesting episode in our hands. I definitely enjoyed preparing it and we'll, well, you'll all see why this is the case. A bit of fantasy paddle that makes sense <laughs> yeah they should they should actually now that you bring this bring this up they should do a a fantasy paddle um i'm not sure though like how much the variation there will be given that uh it's always the same players <laughs> basically winning the tournament but uh it's a, it's a great idea nonetheless agreed agreed um well we should probably kick right into it and start straight away gongs what were your overall thoughts of the well, incredibly successful and thrilling French Open yeah it was a, it was a very good uh, tournament and um, it was great to to have the World Paddle Tour back in action after the week that, that we missed um, I, think I missed the main, it so much <laughs> exactly yeah it was and, and to be fair they gave us some incredible matches I'm thinking of the semi-final of Paquito Navarro against uh, Antingoto against John Santana de Alan, which went over two hours and a half, I believe. It's absolutely insane. But um, just to give you, yeah, I would say my my quick thoughts, uh, for sure. The highlight for me, on one side, it would have to be Ramiro Moyano and Chisco Gil, who made the semi-finals. And... Um, I believe they beat in two sets Momo and Sanyo, which have been, you know, since they've come together, they've been such a good pair and so consistent. So the fact that Moyano and Gil did that, and I think it was, you know, they've been struggling quite a bit this season. Obviously, they did reach the final in, in the Open 500, but, you know, that's a very small tournament. So, and other than that, um, they've been maybe not even making past the first round for for sort of a lot of tournaments but i think we we've discussed this ourselves we we both think they're a very strong pair and in many cases they've just been really unlucky with the draws that they've received you know always top seats at the beginning so it was great to see them make the semi-finals um of, of the french open and then my disappointment probably well maybe even momo and Sanyo, but i'm gonna go again with uh, ruiz Santeo who in a way I might be a bit harsh in giving them my biggest disappointment because they actually did, did play their best match together as a pair, I believe, and they were so close to winning it, to winning it against the John Stanton Alan. But yeah, there's just something that doesn't feel quite right. And, you know, they're they're finding it very hard to win. But uh, over to you, Hugo. Yeah, I mean, I thought that was a brilliant summary and I probably can't put it any better, but I'll try. I think the highlight of the tournament for me was Martini Neno. Mm. He was the MVP of the final. He was unbelievable. And, well, we were just discussing prior to this call, and I hadn't even realised, but not only was he the MVP of the final, and not only did he make the fewest unforced errors out of the four players that played the final, so obviously Paquito, Chingoto, Stupa, and himself, he also managed to get the most winners. And I was just absolutely baffled when I saw that. We've been talking so much about the fact that forehand players are traditionally more conservative. The key elements of their role, winners aren't necessarily part of it. Paddle is obviously 
changed so much and we've talked about it a lot and forehand players are basically having to contribute to the winners much more than they used to but I had I really didn't expect Martin Dineno to rack up more winners than both Stuba and Paquito both players that rack up so many winners in all the games they play so he was the big MVP for me and also I saw a really funny thing he was watching the final of the A1 paddle tournament that was going on at the same time just a few minutes before he jumped onto the court to play the final he's just such a good lad isn't he i just yeah. i just love him i think in his interview as well he said that he's obsessed with paddle and he watches it uh the a1 tour and obviously as well world paddle tour when he when he can but uh spot on with martin Dinan. i mean absolutely amazing i just couldn't believe um the amount of lobs that chingoto did that obviously felt short and uh, Martin Dineno was just putting them away with the smashes. But uh, and he just kept doing it. And it was just like, yeah, well, here's another Martin smash. And then, you know, another winner. And I believe the in the first set, they were saying that he was, in the first five games, he already had seven winners, which is insane. Um, Amazing for a forehand player. Well, exactly. for any player, to be honest. For particularly. Any. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, as I say, Martin Dineno, the big star of the tournament for me. Obviously, Stuba played a, a really good tournament as well. And I think that's why their partnership works so well. I think Stuba is probably not the standard or classic backhand player because he's actually really agile, really fast, really good at defending, really good at hitting those lobs and counter-attacking. So, you can almost... He's almost like a forehand player playing on the backhand and that's why him and Dineno are so tough to beat because they're so good at getting every ball back and they make you play that extra ball and we know how tough it is in paddle when you play three shots that should have been winners and all the balls come back you just lose your head and end up smacking it against the back wall so yeah what a partnership and just to talk about the biggest disappointment I would say they under reef but given that their season has been so poor so far and also given that to be fair to them it was probably their best game so far this season they were so so close to winning against Galatasaray. I mean they went to the tie break in the third set and I believe it was 12-10 or something stupid yeah. like that so I, I felt it was a bit harsh for me to give the biggest disappointment to them I actually thought it was Sanyo Momo I just I was convinced they were going to go far given that both Koyon Tapia and Lebron Galan were out for the tournament. They were big, not the favourites, but amongst the big favourites. And to lose in straight sets against Chisco and Ramiro Moyano, who, as we mentioned already today, are a great pair, but they're not having a great season. I was just really surprised. And yeah, I actually I've read a few articles talking about. I actually hadn't seen it, but in one of the previous tournaments, I can't pinpoint which one it is exactly at the moment, but when the microphones were basically grabbing everything that was being said on the benches, Sanyo was bad-mouthing Momo a bit, saying that he se caga siempre. So for listeners who don't understand that, basically it means that he doesn't have the balls, excuse my language, and he 
almost plays a bit too defensive. And I was really surprised that Sanya would say something like that. Momo was actually taking a bathroom break and Sanya was saying that to his coach. You just feel that... Yeah. I, I have a weird feeling was, about their partnership. It was, it was the... It was, I think it was the match that they lost against Coquineta and John Sands. And uh, I can't remember which tournament it was. Maybe it was the Danish Open, but I'm not, I'm not quite sure on that. So don't quote me. But yeah, I remember that. And I also saw, when I saw that, I was quite surprised because uh, it did seem like a, you know, it's a harsh comment, right? And he was also saying like, oh, he just passes the ball, like not aggressive at all. Um, so yeah, it was a, I do agree that there's just some, uh, not bad blood, but it just seems like uh, when they lose, it's uh, you know it's something it's something deep, right? Exactly, and we all know that Sanyo is a tough character to deal with. He's traditionally ha he hasn't lasted very long with many of his pairs because he's very emotional, very impulsive, and a bit like Paquito in that sense. And when he gets into that negative cycle, it's really hard for him to kind of forget and move on. And yeah, I, I've got to say, I know it's a rogue shout. I don't think the partnership's going to go very far. I have a feeling that what's this your, is a big disappointment for them. What's your end date? It's a, it's a great question. My <laughs> end date, you know what? I'm going to say... What's your expiry date? When does, when does this pair expire? The, the thing is, it obviously depends so much on other pairs. Yeah. But if I had to bet, their partnership will end in the next two to three months. Oh, wow. Genuinely. Okay. Really. Genuinely. I'm, I have a feeling that they won't make the Masters final. And I just, wow. who knows, maybe they and Ruiz separate. They could pair up with Sanyo and Momo. Coquinietos kind of up and down with his pairs. I just, I have a John, feeling John and there's Stan, obviously the summer break. Exactly. John Sands will be available. He could be very interesting. Exactly. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a good shout. Um, I think I would have said end of year and end of year like quite certainly, but yeah, I mean, to be fair, you, you, as you mentioned, you just never know, right? Because uh, once like one pair goes into into a switch then it's sort of like a domino and and it knows it knows no limit and it can affect anyone <laughs> exactly and i just have that feeling and obviously we know that over the summer there's a big break mm. and there aren't that many tournaments over the summer months so it's a good time if a pair is thinking let's move on and m go separate ways it's not a bad time to do so in the next few weeks, months, because they'll have time to prepare and train with their respective new pairs. So yeah, it's a risky shout from me, but I thought I'd drop it in. I like it. I like it. Well, you heard it here first and we'll revisit. <laughs> <laughs> so to be honest, I think that's probably as much as we wanted to delve into regarding the French Open, right? Yeah, I think uh, I think we gave a very good overview, and I think now we're going into a little fun game. Um, as we did mention <laughs> at the beginning, we were going to do a little pile fantasy of our own. I think I think this is the classic topic that, to be fair, 
with any given sport uh, in a group of friends, everyone has uh, discussed this at some point, which is just taking your favorite players. Each each sport has their own, you know, actions or shots or, you know, style of play or something. And you basically try to come up with the perfect player. So we're going to try to do the same with, with Paddle. And actually as well, I think Lebron did something quite recently um which is the same thing well or very similar thing that we're going to do in terms of things someone asked asked them you know a bunch of shots from from paddle and then he sort of like gave who he would take uh in each shot in each shot sorry and then come up with the perfect player so um we're going to try and do that ourselves and we're going to try not to repeat but you know in some cases i don't think it will it will be possible just because that certain player who might come up a couple of times is that good <laughs> <laughs> exactly so, uh... to to be fair you just mentioned that Lebron had a, basically did a very similar thing in one of his recent interviews and he only, he was only asked seven or eight questions and I think he mentioned Galan in three or four of them so we're that just shows how tough it is not to repeat players and yeah. we're going to attempt not to repeat players we'll Talk about ten to fifteen different characteristics, shots, etc., and we'll try and not to repeat player, basically players twice. But as I say, it's going to be tough. But yeah, very very excited. All right, should we go straight into it? I'm gonna I'm gonna read them out and then just go ahead and we'll talk through them. So, uh, forehand volley. Yes, and just so the viewers know, we were struggling to decide whether we were going to go for volleys overall or forehand and backhand. And we just felt that given that volleying is so important in paddle, it could potentially be the most important shot. We thought that we should separate forehand and backhand volleys and make them their own category. At the end of the day, a lot of forehand players have a very good backhand volley and not a, not as good forehand volley and vice versa for backhand players. So that's that's the reasoning behind it, and I thought I'd give the viewers a bit of context. But forehand volley, I have gone for Alan. I just think he's got an outstanding forehand volley. He picks up a lot of the balls going down the middle and need to be volleyed in his partnership with Lebron. And yeah, he's just my shout. I didn't have that many doubts. Tapia yeah, wasn't in the question, but Alan took the trophy. Nice. I I was I'm I'm gonna say the same, Alan. Maybe special mention to Juan Tey as well, who I think has a very good forehand volley. Agreed. But yeah, that was one of the easiest ones for me as well. Exactly. So, backhand so, volley. Backhand, backhand volley, okay. Well, I've gone for Coelho. And funnily enough, we were just saying that normally forehand players don't have... So... Obviously, is playing, he's a lefty playing on the forehand. We were saying that forehand players normally have a better backhand volley. And I think it's exactly the case with Coelho. We've seen him get the ball out for tres with his backhand and even bring it back to his own court. And I just think there's not many players in the world that can do that. I actually think he's the only one or the only one that can do it consistently. So, Coelho for me. Gons? Yeah, very good shout. I'm going to go with Chingoto, actually. I think his backhand volley is unbelievable because, one, he finds the 
the fence really easily. Like he opens up the angle incredibly well. And also the depth that he adds to those volleys are really good. So in many cases, I wouldn't say his volley is the strongest in terms of like just pure pace and strength, but the depth that he gets on those is so good that in many cases, the ball then coming out after is a really easy one for, you know, Paquito to, to, to finish the point. And of course, we know how important depth is when you're volleying yeah. a paddle. If you manage to get it really deep, players have to essentially let it go into the wall unless they want to play it on the bounce, which is obviously very hard. And if it's a good volley, and Chingodos has obviously got an outstanding volley, as you just said, it just dies when it comes back off the glass. So it's a great shout, and I actually hadn't thought of it once. Yeah. Okay, uh, so smash, uh, we're going to say first smash por tres. Yep, so so everyone knows and we all know por tres is when it goes out the side of the court. And I didn't really have any doubts. It's Agustin Dabia for me. The ease with which he manages to do a bordres is just baffling. And I think he's a step above basically every other player in that sense. Coelho is obviously having a great season in terms of smashing it bordres. Galan, obviously, as well. But Tapia can basically do it from wherever in the court and also at any point in the match. I've seen him win so many crucial points with that shot. So Tapia for me. Without a doubt, Tapia, though I will give a special mention to Leos Burger, who I also think is an unbelievable smasher of the ball. Um, but yeah, I think this is Tapia's trademark shot. We've seen him do it literally from any single point of the court. And no matter how good your lob is, you're just in danger when Tapia's around and he can get it <laughs> he can get it out like from anywhere. Um Exactly. Yeah. And I think then, the next one we wanted to to mention was the other side of the smash. So just a kind of straightforward smash down into the other court and then off the wall and trying to get it back into your court. Exactly. Gons, which one did you go for there? So there I'm going to mention Tello. I think uh, both, to be fair, Tello and Coelho, uh, as, I, as I also think they mentioned them in the, in the forehand volley, but they're both just like so strong that I think they've got such ease to bring the ball back. Um, yeah, I'm pro I would probably go with Tejo. Okay, it makes sense. Tejo's got an unbelievable smash. And I think, funnily enough, his portress is good, but his smash where he brings it back into their court and then back into his side of the court is a step above his portress. So it's a good shout. I actually went for Lebron. I just yeah. think the ease with which he does it from the forehand side of the court and he gets so much topspin on it. It's so hard for players, even if they make it up to the net, to actually reach the ball. So, let it on for me. It's one of the most aesthetically pleasing smashes on tour, I think. I agree with that. Yeah, the way he, he arches his body and yeah, it's, it's an unbelievable smash. I think that's a very good shout. I don't so, know how he doesn't snap his back though. <laughs> it's incredible. Uh, next one was yeah. So we're gonna go with uh defense for this one. Who do you think has got the best defense? Yep. So I actually went with Chingoto. Obviously, there's a lot of players, and funnily enough, I think Tapia's defense could be the best if we could repeat players, but we can't. I just think he can do as much as any forehand player or backhand player can do, 
and it's so hard to want to point against him, but we can't repeat. So I'm going for Chingoto. As we know, he's so good at getting that extra ball back and making the player play that extra ball to win the point. So Chingoto for me. What about nice. you, Gons? Yeah, obviously, Tingoto was one of the first that came to mind. But just because I mentioned him, I'm going to try and sort of say something different. And I'm going to go with Dineno, who I think is uh, probably just as good. Fair enough. Makes sense. And then the next one we wanted to mention, was it movement, speed, kind of both of them together? Yeah, I think it's a very interesting one. Which one? Did, who did you go for, Gons? I think this one was um, was a tough one. I think I will say, though, uh, Stupa. And I think you sort of mentioned this very briefly at the beginning when you were talking about them. But uh, yeah, his all-around movement off and on the court is, uh, is very good. Also, the way when he goes out is, is unbelievable. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go with, with Stupa. Yeah, that makes total sense. Stupa, I was very... 50-50 in this one. I still haven't made my mind up. And one player that I thought was Tupa and the other one was Lebron. I just think mm. Lebron is so fast around the court. He's probably one of the fittest players on tour. He makes every ball. He's he's just, yeah, unbelievably agile, unbelievably quick. Obviously, I don't really want to repeat much and I may end up repeating one of the players, but I'm going to go for Stupa as well. I'll agree with you there. Nice. So, Bandeja? Yeah, Bandeja. I had doubts with Bandeja and I ended up going for Dineno because Ooh. I actually think that the Bandeja is really a defensive shot. Mm. A Bibora is a very attacking shot, but a Bandeja is, the main point of it is not losing the net. And I just think the consistency in Dineno's Bandeja is outstanding. Obviously, being on the forehand, it's much easier to get the side of the court, which has the metallic mesh, so the front half of the court. And then, obviously, as we know, the ball can bounce in weird ways. I think Dineno does that really well. And, yeah, I've gone for Dineno just to mainly because of consistency and just uh, such limited unforced errors in his bandeja. You, Gons? Yeah, that's a, that's a very good shout. I think I'm going to go with, you know, the boss, Belasterin. I think it's probably one of his trademark shots, that um, and the global. Um, but as you mentioned, it's just very much about keeping that consistent, never missing it, and being able to win the net, you know, comfortably, and then be in a position to win the point. And I think one of the best that does it is Velasquez. Agreed. Uh, he was definitely in my mind. Was the next shot Bibora? I think it was. Correct. Obviously, in way, in many ways, a similar shot to the Bandeja, but far more attacking, as I just said. I'm going for Sanyo. It's his trademark shot. He's got an unbelievable Bandeja. He hits it so hard and makes very limited unforced errors with a shot that actually implies quite a few unforced errors because you're hitting the ball very hard. So, Sanya for me. Nice. Yeah, Sanya was definitely up there for me. I'm going to try and go a bit different. Actually, I'm going to say Mike Yangwas because okay. 
think he's got a very underrated Vibora. It's very, it's got a lot of spin and he can add a lot of pace to it, which many times is essentially what, you know, can, can complicate defenders. So I think his one stays very much on the ground, you know, comes out the ball, out the wall really fast. And when he hits and, and is on top for him, it's definitely one of his best shots. Yeah, he's got an unbelievable bandeja. And sorry, Biwara, actually. Yeah. And to be fair, a lot of forehand players have a great Biwara because it's one of the most important weapons as a forehand player, right? So Correct. makes sense. So the next one is global. Yes, I mean, you can probably guess who I've gone for. And it's probably this man's favourite shot. I've gone for the GOAT, the boss, Fernando Velasterin. He always, I've seen so many interviews and he's asked so many times, what's the most important shot in parallel? And he always says, the lob, the globo. Because at the end of the day, when you're under pressure, if you can hit a good globo, it just changes the point completely. And yeah, his globo is outstanding. It's one of the main reasons why he's been so successful throughout his career. And it's still an outstanding and as good as it's always been. So the boss for me, Gons? Yeah, I also thought about obviously the boss as well, but just to make, you know, try not to repeat myself. Though I, I'm at the same time, I'm like, why am I not going for, for him for the goal? But <laughs> again, I'm going to go for maybe for someone that's a bit underrated, but Cisco Gil, I think he has like a, a very good global. And uh, I think we saw it in the, in the French Open when, you know, he can very much, as you say, turn the points and, go from a defensive position to all of a sudden an attacking position and it's very much underrated and you know he can hit the a sort of the middle one the one that goes more to the side or more to the back of of the court so i'm gonna go with Cisco Hill. yeah he does make very few unforced errors with his lob and even when he's under pressure he manages to get outstandingly good lobs out so great shout out was the next shot the bajada Exactly. Well, I didn't have any doubts in this one. I actually think he's a step above everyone else, and I think it's Paquito. Funnily enough, I feel with him and Bella, who are obviously the oldest and the well, out of the top players right now, I think that back then, those were the bandejas, bajadas, really important shots. They may they're maybe not as important today because players are so good defensively. And that's why I think he's so good at it because it was so important before. So, Paquito for me. Without a doubt, Paquito. This is his trademark shot. Um, I can almost, anytime I picture a bajada, I literally just see Paquito doing it. Um, exactly. So, without a doubt, Paquito. And he's the best that does it. He, he absolutely cuts the ball. You know, it goes deep. It goes with tons of spin. And it comes out like extremely low and just goes with so much pace. And I just don't know of any other player that can really do that. No, I've seen Lebron a few times, but not as consistently as Paquito. Yeah, for sure. Then the next one we wanted to do is sort of just all around play from from the court. So just your standard, you know, uh, backhand and forehand shots, um, sort of your your baseline shots. Yeah, I had doubts in this one. I think Galan has very aesthetically pleasing 
ground strokes, forehand and backhand. But I've gone for Deyo. Also because I don't want to repeat myself. But one of I saw an unbelievable point this weekend in the match against Galan Sant, a cross-court backhand that was outstanding. He's got an unbelievable backhand, as we all know. His forehand's really good as well. He can play Chiquitas, he can play deep. He hits it really hard when he wants to. So, Teo was my shout. How about you, Gont? Yeah, very underrated there. And I think a lot of people would probably confuse Teo's physical presence and size with not having such a touch. Uh, but I agree with you. And I, I know exactly what point you're talking about against... Uh, Ale Alan and John Sand, it was unbelievable. He just completely caught uh, John Sand uh, uh, out of nowhere. Um, unbelievable. What a cross-court backhand yeah. shot he hit. I'm going to go with... Oh, so super hard. I'm so torn between these two, and they are Lebron and Sanyo. To be honest, I just don't know which one. I'm, I might just give <laughs> it to Lebron. Uh, but I think they both have the ability to control the game from from the backcourt to be honest from the baseline they're both incredibly good at playing chiquitas as you mentioned as well they can hit slow they can hit hard and um they can place it in unbelievable spots the angles everything um but i'm just gonna edge it maybe to live it on fair enough i think it makes sense and to be fair they may have been my shouts particularly live it on well, even Sanya as well, if we could repeat ourselves, but we can't. So the next shot would be the Rulo, right? Yep. The Rulo. Okay, great. Well, I, to be honest, I, there was only one player in my mind for this, and I'm going to have to repeat myself, but it's Fankos de Basuk. It's his trademark shot. He always, it's so successful. Doesn't make, he practically makes any doesn't make any mistakes, basically, is what I'm trying to get at. And, yeah, it's a trademark shot, so it's Duba. Go yeah, you, ca- you can't say Rulo without saying Frankos Dubasuk. I think it's just one <laughs> of those shots. I actually read a, a tweet the other day, which was like, you know, Stupa and the Rulo is sort of like Federer and the one-handed backhand, or like Steph Curry and the three-pointer, or like Luke so Modric and, you know, the exterior of the of the of the foot it's just like th- those are just their shots right so, so uh, similar I guess to Paquito and De Bajada it's just uh, Franco and the Rulo is uh, it's, a, it's a great uh, it's a great love affair um, I wonder if my exactly is jealous <laughs> I'm sure he is it's just it, it's so effective and he makes it look so easy indeed indeed actually I, I'm going to say though underrated shout I think for, for Rulo is Potentially John Sant. I think he has a very good ruler. It's a great shout, obviously being a lefty, so doing it from yeah. the right. But yeah, very, very true. Very true. And then the last one, well, actually we've got two more, I think, which is the uh, next one is going to be the drop shot. Yeah, for me, it's Yangwas. Obviously, Lebron and Tapia do it a lot and incredibly effective. But Yanguas has an outstanding drop shot. He actually manages to get the ball out the door many times. And yeah, Yanguas for me. Gons? Right, that is a very good shower. I'm going to go with Ramiro Moyano, actually. I think he's got an incredible, incredible touch. And there was a point against in the semifinal. I, I know the one you're saying. Which, yeah, it was a drop shot that sort of went out the door. And it's just unbelievable. On the bounce with his backhand. 
Yeah. I, I couldn't believe it. One of the best shots I've ever seen. Yeah. I think another I think he's another player that people underrate how how good his touch is just because like how he looks physically, how big he is and, and stuff. But he's he's very delicate with the ball and you know can can play exquisite shots as well. Agreed. And so was the final shot that we wanted to mention just trick shots? Correct. Again, I think we're both gonna get it for the same one, the same player because we haven't mentioned him. And it's got to be Momo Antale for me. We obviously yeah. watched that unbelievable point not long ago in Marbella. And he just does it so consistently. He basically plays a trick shot every tournament. And yeah, Momo for me, no doubt. Gons? Yeah, Momo without a doubt. I think this is another one of just a few shots that I had absolutely no doubt. And uh, he just... the the I think the, the single two best points I've ever seen in my life both have been monitoric shots and it's just unbelievable and as you say he also does it fairly regularly and okay these wow trick shots maybe don't come as regularly but if you see again he does wheelies he does uh you know like against the like side walls with like his wrists and stuff like that they're just like crazy like pretty much every game so uh momo without a doubt yeah makes sense and if i'm not mistaken i think we've created our perfect player yeah, one unbelievable player. <laughs> I wish I had two of those <laughs> shots. Actually, you know what? One of them. I'd be more than happy. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, I agree with that. <laughs> so, given that we don't have long left and we don't want to bore you guys too much, we're going to jump straight into the paddle pod race. Yeah, and I think I'm just going to give a very brief overview of where we are now. So, unfortunately, after France, I had a bit of a downer and Hugo had a pretty good tournament, I must say. So uh, Hugo is entering this this race with uh, 31 points and I'm entering with 26 points. That means that the three-point gap that I had with, with Hugo got extended to five points now. But anyways, it's Masters week and it's another week for, for me to get back. Exactly. And I'm very happy about my performance, i got to be honest. Very, very happy. And yeah, upcoming is the Bayoli Master. And I think we should just go ahead and give our shouts, right? Yeah, go for it. Cool. Well, to be honest, I am going to be a bit boring. I think the semifinals will be Coyo Tapia against Momon Sanyo and Paquito Chingoto against Tupandineno. I do think Momon Sanyo are going to struggle a lot to make the semis, but I think they'll make them. Koyon Tapia will beat them two sets to love. Don't have any doubts there. I think Chingoto and Paquito will just edge Galan and Santh once again and win three sets. And I think the final will be two sets to love for Koyon Tapia against Stupandineno. Sorry, I think I made a mistake before. The semifinals, the second semifinal would be Chingoto and Dineno against Stupan. Uh, sorry, Chingoto and Paquito against Stupandineno. So, yeah, so that everyone understands. And what's the score for the second semi-final? So, I'm going to go for... That's a good shout. So, yeah, I made a mistake there. I think Stupanineno will win two sets to love. No doubts. Cool. Gons? So, similar for me, I'm going to go in the first semi-final with Goyo Tapia against Momansanyo. I'm going to go two sets for Goyo and Tapia there. And then Paquito Chingoto against Stupanineno. 
I'm going to go three sets here, actually, for Stupandineno. And then in the final, I'm going to go Tapian Coelho with uh, two sets to love against Stupandineno. But uh, yeah, so that's it. That's our predictions. Um, I think we're coming to the end of the episode. So always great to have you here, Hugo. Uh, thanks a lot. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Hope you have a great week ahead. Always a pleasure, guys. Have a great week. See you very soon. Bye-bye.